Hey folks, Kennedy Lucas here. You're now tuned in now to Swanky 93.3 Radio Station. On with the program. Hey folks, Kennedy Patterson here, the host of Grizzly Talk Podcast and now the host of Swanky 93.3, the radio station. Now, I just wanted to give a shout out to, again, Grizzly Talk Podcast. Of course, you guys can follow our Instagram at grizzly underscore talk. We're at 1,589 followers right now, so our road to 2K begins now. Go ahead, go to Instagram, type in grizzly underscore talk, and view us there for more content. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the exciting Grizzly Talk podcast. We're streaming now on iTunes, Spotify, and Our Heart Radio. And we can't forget that we're streaming on Google Podcasts. So for all of you uh, Grizzly fans that have an Android device, go check us out on Google Podcasts. You just load up your Android store, type in Google Podcasts, download that app, and then type in Grizzly Talk Podcast. We're there. Now, like many other podcasts, this is another special podcast special special podcast today simply because we're interviewing another awesome rso um we're going to talk so much about their instagram their photos they, they even got a business card ladies and gentlemen so we have olas in the building of course it's organization of latin american students i have the president and vice president uh so for you grizzly fans i'm gonna let them introduce themselves and then we'll get on to the questions all right we're gonna start off with the president Hey guys, my name is Luis Montanez. I'm a sophomore here at GGC. Um, I started back in 2016 as a member when I was first introduced to it at uh, Green Scene. Eventually, I decided to work my way up from director of members to then the president. So I've been with the organization for a while now. My name is Kimberly Velasquez. This is my second year at GGC. And I started OLAS just last year when I came to this school. And the reason why I decided to step up to be a vice president is because the club really made me feel like at home. It's always good when an RSO makes you feel at home. Welcome to the Grizzly Talk Podcast. Um, so first, let me talk about, I keep looking at this business card. <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to talk about this. Uh, Grizzly fans, all the RSOs, you guys take notes because... I think this is the first time I've interviewed an RSO that have a business card. We don't even have business cards at Grizzly Talk Podcast. Um, So who designed this business card? Because it's really good. The Grizzly green color. And, of course, professionally have you guys' name, your phone numbers. Uh, Of course, I'm going to give you guys, uh, Grizzly fan, their uh, email addresses. So if you want to join the organization, I recommend it. But who who designed the, the business cards? 
Well, we both worked on it together. Um, he, the vice president, Luis, he helped me with making it. I created the design for it on, what's the app called? Uh, Vistaprint. Yeah. So, Vistaprint. Yeah. Vistaprint's really good. Um, you, check, <laughs> I keep looking at business cards. It's, they have uh, the Snapchat, GroupMe, and the Instagram um QR code where you can download it and you can scan the code and it links them right to their social media account. So they do have an Instagram, of course, that's Instagram, Snapchat, and GroupMe. Uh, they have their general body meetings every Tuesday at 2 uh, in room in uh, B1900. Of course, it's B1900. Um, I do see, is this y'all's slogan? Uh, we are one. Somos uno? Yes. Okay. So hopefully I don't butcher the, the Spanish. I'm learning Spanish uh, myself and it's a hard task. So we are one. What describe to the Grizzly family, what does that truly mean to you guys in our so we are one? So when we mean somos uno, we are one, uh, we always start off by introducing ourselves at any event by saying, hey, you don't have to be Hispanic to join because we do get a lot of members that are from non-Hispanic cultures and backgrounds. So that incorporates our motto where it says somos uno, which means we are one in English. Mm -hmm. So it, it don't, doesn't matter where you're from. Um, we're more than happy with open arms to accept and have you guys join our organization. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so for their Instagram, as I mentioned before, Grizzlies fans, of course, their Instagram is Olas underscore GGC. Again, that's Olas underscore GGC. Uh, join their organization. Follow them on their Instagram because they're taking some really awesome pictures. One picture that I'm looking at right now is y'all's Hispanic Heritage Month Festival. I talked about this on a previous uh, podcast. I talked about it, and you guys had tacos yes. what was that experience like how did you how did you greet students on campus did you say hey would you like a free taco come over to our table how was that experience like and what 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 did you do to, to kind of draw them into your tent well a week before the event started we started hang, handing out like um posters of mm -hmm. the event specifically for the festival and telling them to be there we're gonna have food music and we're gonna show them more about our culture Wow, and, absolutely. Yeah, and every time we've done this event, because Olas has been here roughly since 2007, since mm -hmm. we basically started, the well, since the school has been founded and everything, and each year we try to bring some type of food that's different um, different from each other. So last year we had Cuban food, so we had Cuban sandwiches, all that small little foods. This year, just because a little bit biased, um, being the Mexican president, mm. I'm like, you know what, let's bring some tacos into our mix. Yeah. In the past, like I mentioned, we had Cuban tacos just because we had a kind of Cuban team on our on our executive team. Mm -hmm. But this year, I'm like, let's do tacos. Let's do tacos. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's it's interesting that you know you guys are bringing like I mentioned tacos to the mix um, because you'd be surprised a lot of people might have not had a taco before yeah. so you're able to bring that element and share that uh, Latin uh, Mexican kind of culture to mm -hmm. GGC and uh, students are able to have a little taste of that flavor now do you plan on doing like let's say because I, I love my Spanish food I love. <laughs> Tacos. Have you ever thought about doing quesadillas? Maybe a burrito. Mm -hmm. Maybe a um. I forgot what it's called. There's like a, a bowl that's like a chip bowl, and you put um like chicken, lettuce, tomatoes. Oh, I forgot yeah. what it's called, but I mean it's kind of like not like chipotle bowls, but like you have a tortilla bowl, yeah, and you put food inside. It's like a bowl you eat. Um, back when I was a kid, we we. <laughs> 
my parents made that all the time. So do you plan on expanding that same kind of idea, but having different food culture uh, to it? Maybe like uh, quesadillas, burritos, the uh, Mexican bowl? Yeah, so for our first event, just because it's like uh, our beginning one, we always try to bring like small little food, something that gives you like a little bit like of an appetite mm -hmm. and introduction to the Hispanic Latino culture food. Mm -hmm. And then one of our events that we are planning on having this week on September 26th, mm -hmm. it's the actual, it's called Taste of Latin America, where we bring a majority of foods from all around the South and Central Americas. And we have empanadas, we have enchiladas, tamales, churros, like Ooh. all the typical foods that you guys would expect uh -huh. from different uh, parts of Central and South America. I take advantage of that. Uh, I'm feeling kind of hungry now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those foods. Uh, take advantage of that, Grizzly students, uh, Grizzly family. Take advantage of that simply because, again, you may not have a, a enchilada or a tomato. You never mm. had. You probably never had none of that. So take advantage of it. It'll be on campus. You said September 26th? Yeah, September 26th from 11 to 2. 11 to 2. Take advantage of that, um, please. If you, if you don't want to have the on-campus food and you're hungry for lunch, take advantage of that event because they're going to have it now i do see the picture here and i, I talked to you before we started the podcast yeah. you took a picture with dr joseph yes. the new president the third president of ggc yes. how was that experience like did you say hey let's get a picture you didn't ask you didn't ask oh let's take a selfie you say can we take a picture or did yeah. you ask for a selfie first and then you say no let's just take a picture well to begin with it was nerve-wracking to say the least yeah. especially because <laughs> i was walking around making sure everybody was doing um their jobs and everything for the festival. And then one of my teammates, I think my PR says, hey, the president's here, you should go talk to her. I had seen her walking around, but I'm like, oh yeah, I'll go talk to her in a second. He's like, no, you know, she's the first president. Uh -huh. Well, the, the new president, you should make a good start. Right. So I went up to her, kind of nervous. I'm like, hey, I hope you're enjoying the event. She's like, yeah, it is. And I'm like, oh, I'm the old last president, all awkwardly. I'm like, I'm the one who oh. is bringing this to, to <laughs> <Yep>. the school. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's amazing. Considering I had done a little bit of research about her beforehand. I know she's from Trinidad and Tobago. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, as a fellow Grizzly, I just wanted to introduce you to our event and what we do as an organization. And then she's like, oh, that's nice. And then before she left, I'm like, do you want to take a picture? And she was like, more than happy. She's like, yes, I love it. You want, take as many as you want. So we had her with our our signature one. So that goes mm -hmm. back to the motto that we have. So almost we know we are one. Right. So, and mostly every picture you guys see on our Instagram, we at least have the one. The one. I, and I noticed that. Yeah. I've noticed that. So it's really good that you're, you're able to use your... Um, the, your slogan into your photo so that way members of your organization know, okay, oh, I know what they're doing. I know. And I believe that it's kind of an impact that many our RSOs should start having is maybe not a, a slogan, maybe you have a theme to the RSO mm -hmm. so that way in, in mass media, they other grizzly families they know oh, okay i know what they're doing they're holding up one we are one that's that's their thing that's their there's their slogan that's their 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 principle there's their core values of the rsl so it's really good that you guys are starting something new like this i don't think i've seen a slogan in my four plus years of being here at ggc <laughs> yeah. and i say that very loosely you know college life and credit life but um i think you guys are the first uh group um vice president and president to develop a slogan because i don't think i've heard a slogan from olas before this year um so it's really really uh important and i, I applaud you guys for having the slogan 
having a theme for it. And Thank I you. applaud you guys for these business cards, though. Like, <laughs> yeah. <you. laughs> so that's starting business cards. So that's – I'm like, I'm taking some lessons here. Um, so I'm on – of course, follow them on their Instagram, Olas underscore GGC. They have this other picture. Of course, this is kind of uh, Hispanic Heritage Month in the month of September, uh, kind of leading towards October-ish. Um, I do see here you guys got a Latino dance lesson October 8th. Um, that's 4 to 6, and then 6 to 9 in the Elva Center. Yeah. What would that experience be like? Are you uh, getting an instructor to kind of teach about the Latin dance, or are you going to be the instructors yeah. and showing fellow Grizzlies on how, how that culture works? So we're actually collaborating with the diversity, mm-hmm. um, and what it's going to be planned out is that from 4 to 6, they'll be giving out lessons um, showing roots of, like, different dance lessons, bachata, wow. merengue, you know, just teaching the culture of those dance dances specifically. And then from seven to nine, we're actually hiring some dancers from a company and they'll be coming wow. over here and just, you know, showing the GDC students different culture dances. That's a neat experience. You're hiring professional uh, Latin dancers yeah. to uh, kind of elevate and help uh, educate uh, fellow Grizzly students on the Latin dance. Um, again, Grizzly students take advantage of that because of the uh, professional Latin dancers mm-hmm. come to show you the moves. Like, um, yeah. I wish my mom could. My mom loves the merengue. She oh. shouts merengue every time she dances. She's not doing the merengue. She might be doing the salsa. It's like, <laughs> mom, you're doing the salsa. You're not doing the merengue. Yeah. But she loves Latin dances. So uh, take advantage of that. Uh, your next event, October 17th, Fiesta. Oh man, Fiesta NL. Barrio. 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 Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Tell me about, is that, so Fiesta means party. So that must yes. be a huge party you guys are planning for. Uh, GGC, uh, that's uh, six uh, to nine mm-hmm. at the housing lawn, uh, lawn. That is so impactful. Housing lawn, which we'll get to that question later. But how how is that going to be like, that big party, that big Fiesta? This is actually a new event of ours. Oh. We didn't have this before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so each, um, year or like each presidency um the fifth event is always something new when mm-hmm. i first got here in 2016 they had a student panel talking about daca and all the mm-hmm. importance of getting civically engaged mm-hmm. then the following year they had a motivational speaker so roughly the fifth event always changes for us this year we were like hey we really want to stay close to school we want to connect with the community right. what better way than connecting with the people in housing um especially we had an art a her name's Jacqueline she came out to mm-hmm. us and yep. she was like hey guys do you mind collaborating with us on something as big as the festival mm-hmm. with the same amount of food as the taste of Latin America right. so we're like yeah you know let's work something out and so so far what we have in the works is one we're going to have the same kind of layout that we had for the festival, mm-hmm. and we're going to try to have the same level of um, authenticity for the food. Uh-huh. But in terms of music, we are having a live mariachi. So we are coming, we're going out. Well, this mariachi has been working with us for the past four or five years, so uh-huh. we do have a relationship with them. But we're like, hey, do you guys mind moving from October 17th, which was our festival? All the way, no, September 17th to Uh October. Uh That way you guys can play a little bit more freely outside in the lawn kind of atmosphere. And they were like, yeah, we're more than happy to do it. So I like mariachi. That's amazing. I actually, believe it or not, I had a meeting with Residence Life um, a couple days ago. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get together a couple of podcasts for them. Uh, Our already special podcast and then uh, doing a podcast with their fashion show that they got going on. Um, 
and I mentioned to them that they are one of the, the key players here at GGC is Res Life because um, to see that organization grow and be more diverse, especially when you guys are coming in and bringing the party to them, mm-hmm. that's a remarkable experience that many students should have, uh, whether if it's commuter plus, but for students that live here and maybe they want something to do on their spare time and then you guys are able to bring that out. Uh, for sure. Uh, so, you gotta, so it's going to be in the evening time, so I can only imagine the food, the yeah. lighting, the people, <laughs> the environment uh, in the housing lawn. Um, believe it or not, I was an RA for, for two years, and mm-hmm. they threw these cool parties, and it was just kind of a cool experience, a cool college experience, because it was able to, you're able to incorporate uh, GGC, uh, Res Life, in mm-hmm. your organization, and then you're kind of teaching Res Life about a fiesta, mm-hmm. teaching them the, the culture of, of uh, Latin food and a Latin party. So it's really, really amazing that you guys are doing this. Um, Especially because I don't know if it's correct, mm-hmm. but I think like one week later or two weeks later, we go into like finals and all that right. stuff. So we want to help you guys out with relaxing before the big. Right, right. And I, I tell many students, relax, listen to some music, meditate, mm-hmm. and you yeah. get through it. It's really, really amazing. I don't know if you um, you guys were... I remember when I worked with um, Grizzly Athletics, GGC mm-hmm. Athletics, I did see that we had a they had a poster for, I believe it was Olas mm-hmm. and Athletics. Um, I don't know if you guys were... It, was, it happened last year and then the year before that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys... Remember that? Are you looking to collaborate with them or any other RSOs out here on GGC College Life at all? So we are. So right now, two of our major mm-hmm. ones that I can think of off the bat is one, the fashion show. Cool. So here at GGC recently, we got um, commu- in contact with the president of that organization mm-hmm. who does the talent show. Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, we're Olas. Is there anything that we can do to help you out, whether that be with volunteers, promotion? Because right. we always want to go back to our slogan. So almost, so no, we are one. We want to help you guys do great. We want to <laughs> make sure that you guys are funded or anything that we can do we hmm. we can open doors for you guys basically and she's like yeah could you help me out with a little bit of like promotion volunteer and i'm like yeah you know why not we have a bunch of people in our organization that are more than willing to help her out during that time span and then even then just because we do have a good i want to say fair amount of following on instagram mm-hmm. we want to make sure that it gets spread out yeah to them yeah so we're more than welcome to help out any RSO that are in need Okay, absolutely. So for all you other RSOs, Olas is here and they're ready to uh, potentially go to work with you. So please contact them. Of course, Olas underscore GGC. Uh, They do have a huge Instagram following uh, for sure. So please check them out. Now, before we wrap up here, I meant to kind of give uh, their emails, of course. Louise's email is L. M-O, and I'm just spelling it out so that way uh, you Grizzly fans can write it down. Uh, So it's L-M-O-N T-A-N-E-Z at gdc.edu. Uh, send him an email. He's the president. And then you got Kimberly. That's K-V-E-L-A-S-Q-U-E-Z. Uh, I believe that's one. At gdc.edu. She is the vice president. So if you guys want to join Olas, that is one RSO that you must join. Um, it's It's been around for GGC for a long time. And they're doing some really great uh, some great work with the RSO and they're really changing the game up for uh, Olas as well because it's very important that 
uh, an RSO like this is, is bringing a different culture to GGC. So I really recommend it for sure. So please contact them too if you like to join. And of course on the Instagram video, uh, we're doing also a video on IGTV is a little special for them as well. So it just kind of helped bring branch up. Uh, there are so again the general body meeting it's every Tuesday at 2 p.m. so if you're not if you somehow you lose their email addresses or you forget and if you want to meet them in person of course the general body meeting is every Tuesday at 2 p.m. in room B1900 so before we wrap up on every hour so I like to see if you guys have any shout outs maybe your fellow members as a part of Olas that you'd like to shout out on the podcast today we want to shout out our executive team and our director members. We have Sean Nguyen, Lesnia Avila, Luis Quiroz, Camila Ponte, Alex, Jasmine Diaz. We have Lizette Ramirez, and, yeah. Yeah, and Jessica. Yeah. Besides that, we'd like to thank Siski as well. You know, besides us having this event, none of the ones that, none of these events could have been possible without their support. So like Dr. Allen, Josie Doltz, Chris Pena, Dr. Rawlinson, all the people in the Siski Student Involvement Center upstairs Absolutely. have always been more than helping in any event, especially when we're like, oh, last minute. They're mm-hmm. like, we got you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Chris is he's he's the he's in charge of the level one game room as well. He he does a phenomenal job with that too. I see their post on Instagram; it's phenomenal. They always post amazing. Very stuff. very phenomenal. So, and I like to thank also America Chavez for helping us out a lot. So that's going to do it for the Grizzly Talk podcast interviewing, of course, Olas. Uh, please uh, subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts at Grizzly Talk Podcast. This has been the Grizzly Talk podcast interviewing Olas with your host, Kennedy Patterson. Again, I'd like to thank, of course, the RSO and the students to help make this podcast possible as well. Uh, until then, we'll see you guys in the next, next podcast. Hello, Grizzly fans. Kennedy Patterson here, the host of Grizzly Talk Podcast and now the host of Swanky 93.3. I wanted to come on the broadcast today to let everyone know our appreciation for everyone that has pre-ordered and bought our new shoes. Of course, my head shoe line has the idea to build shoes and make shoes. That way we can give back to our community. We were able to give back one box full for Toys for Tots, and I'm so happy about that success. Now, Hopefully we get more than one box and hopefully you guys are enjoying the purchase of your shoes. Just want to let everyone know that the G2s are now out for pre-order. That next pre-order will go for Operation Christmas Child and more charities to come in 2020. Thank you. so excited to introduce you to Water's Edge. It's located in McDonnell Highlands, which is a guard-gated community in Henderson, Nevada, Las Vegas' sister community. This home has 
four bedrooms, six baths. It has an infinity edge pool, and it's got a fabulous jaw-dropping view of the Strip, which in Las Vegas is our ocean. And what's amazing is this could all be yours for $5,999,000. This is the wow factor. When you walk in, you look outside, you've got these floating patios, you've got water as far as the eye can see, and the strip in the background. So the vision of the builder and the architect when they put this home together was to have the seamless integration of indoor and outdoor living. So part of their indoor-outdoor kind of mysticism, so to speak, is these beams that you see in the ceiling, is that they carry you from indoors all the way outside, so your eye follows it, and the next thing you see is water and the strip. These floors are made from a type of wood called ipe wood. This is what they make docks out of. And it has to be a waterproof kind of wood because the water comes right up to the house. There's gonna be times where maybe it's a little too warm or a little too cold, and it's so effortless and so simple just to close this off, give it a little tug, and it's effortless, it really is. So let me show you the rest of this outdoor living space and how it all connects. Follow me. I'm standing outside on this floating patio, which is absolutely amazing. Water all around me, but this whole place is all interconnected. It's all about the water, and it's all about being outside. So you get up in the morning, you stroll out across the floating patio, and you take a soak in your hot tub, and right behind that is the master bedroom. Standing here, you really get a great idea of how the pool seamlessly flows into the home. So this is one of two bars that we have in the home. And the thing I love about this bar, obviously it's, it's indoor-outdoor. If you're inside, you can serve people on the outside. There's seating areas all around. You can close it off. It's really functional. It's, it's amazing. And also, if you'll notice below, the light actually streams in to the cabinetry below once you're inside the bar. It's really cool, very artistic. But since we're out here, let me go ahead and show you something that I think is awesome. And when we see barbecues and outdoor kitchens all the time, but this is done in a different way. So the builder really wanted seamless integration between indoors and outdoors. So much so that even though these cabinets look the same, this is steel and this is wood. And it's all about the flow and how it flows together. And with the touch of a button, Now we're making our way into the indoor space, the indoor kitchen. We just came from outside. So this kitchen offers so much from an amenity standpoint. It's got neat things like we just touch it and mechanically opens to reveal what's behind it and push button close. It's really tons of great hidden features like that throughout the house. We've got the Sub-Zero refrigerator and freezer with the drawers that actually look like they're a part of the cabinetry and the millwork. You know, we all have challenges in life. If your problem happens to be that you've run out of paper towels, Fear not, we have a solution. And then aside from that, we've got this walk-in glass-encased refrigerator. It's got its own separate cooling unit, and it's really cool. If you want your wine chilled to a certain level and you want it on display, this is the spot. So what I love about the master bedroom is it's intimate, but you get plenty of light. And you walk in further into the master and the walls, they have this three layer texture of travertine. You've got wood treatments throughout. You've got a linear fireplace. All the things that are super cool and important in today's construction out here in Las Vegas. But of course, the best thing about living in this house and specifically this master bedroom is that you have your outdoors indoors. It's like you're in Hawaii. Pocket doors open up all the way. It's totally seamless. Your footsteps away from the water and the strip is right at your fingertips.
What master bathroom would be complete without an acrylic floating tub? We have an acrylic floating tub with the epi wood steps to get into it. Having this water right here surrounding you and having everything open up, it brings your pool back into the house. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable, I tell you. We have two separate vanities, one on each side for him and for her. We have a double shower. You've got your rain shower head with four nozzles. You've got your traditional showers. You've got your body sprays. All your controls, you can remote control them from the outside. And you step in a little bit deep. I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna step in. You step in a little bit deeper and you can section it off and have a steam shower. If it gets too steamy, what do you do? You open up this door and let your neighbors feel the steam. It's unbelievable. Everything you can think of is right here in your shower. I love this bathroom. I think it's amazing. So no matter how great and amazing this master bedroom and bathroom are, if you don't have a fantastic master closet, you've really got nothing. Well, we got a fantastic master closet. You've got your own private full-size washer and dryer. And as we keep going down here, you'll see that everything is customized. All the built-ins are done to the owner's specifications. And what is so cool is they have these these shoe racks that rotate for extra storage and extra space and hanging space on hooks. It's really, they thought of everything on both sides. This one's for belts over here, but it maximizes your space. It puts you in a position where you really have double the closet space, even though we have a fantastic oversized master closet. So even though this is an open concept home and we're still in the main part of the house, we have your formal dining room off to the side, so it has its own privacy. What the architect and the builder were looking for when they did this space is they wanted to give it its own privacy and they put up suspended glass to create privacy from the hallways and some of the bedroom areas. And they also did some decorative items like having these awesome backlit light boxes in the ceiling. And yet you have steel and glass all around you, so even though it's in a confined space, it's open to the elements. But before we go downstairs, how could I not point out this piece of art? And what's so amazing about this, as you can see, is it's a fully functioning wine rack where you can store your wine bottles in art format. This is really special because it was custom made for the homeowner. We are now in the lower level. And down here we have your game room. We've got several different conversation areas. So why don't you come with me this direction? And I wanna show you what I love most about this bar. You know, one of the things that the builder did with this home is because it's a showcase home, they got some really cool things in here. We've got this quartzite counter, and at the same time we've got a glass countertop that is suspended by this cable. It's so cool, it's so neat. And when you come around here to the back end of the bar, they've got this really cool art piece display for the floor where you have this glass covered space with the upside down half wine bottles. You're surrounded by the beautiful art of the wine bottles and it's just a great space to be. So this home starts with water and ends with water. And one of the cool things that the builder did is created an interior architecture to match that feeling and that design. So the ceiling is actually cut to look like a constant flow of water from one end of the house to the other. Aside from the water aesthetic, there's actually a functional purpose. The water behind me actually cools the air as it comes down. When this door is open, it flows throughout the house, goes upstairs, and there's vents where the air flows outward, thereby it cools the entire house. There's, a, there's an airflow process. It's a really cool design. On this level, we have three separate entertainment areas. So in this first space, this is kind of cool because it's retro. 
and Vegas, Retro Vegas is, is always interesting and fun. We have a sunken conversation area. The other two are a little bit more in the norm of, of eclectic traditional with a slight edge of contemporary. And this leads us to the point where I really wanna show you. And this is what you don't see, or I haven't seen in very many houses, if any, in Las Vegas. What you're looking at is the bottom of a nine and a half foot pool. Because it's a zero edge pool, which means that it overflows on every side, all you see is water. And when this home first came out and was on display for everyone to come take a look at, they had mermaids in the pool. You get to sit down here, watch your friends jump in the pool. Hopefully they're clothed. So when you push these accordion doors back, it exposes this great covered space. You've got this wonderful little putting green and a grassy area for kids to play, dogs, etc. And in Las Vegas, you need these covered spaces. So we're standing here in the lower level guest bedroom and it's a suite. You've got walnut ceilings, got a walnut ceiling fan. It's really kind of cool. And one of the things that people like about this is it's private. It's removed from the rest of the house. And as you know, this is a suite. It has its own walk-in closet and private bathroom. So it's super cool. Again, like all the other bedrooms, this one has a customized bathroom. You can tell with the customized sink, countertops and cabinets and the, the glass mosaic tile. So this is fantastic because when you're a guest here, you're still living in luxury. So now let's go take a look at that garage where if you're a guest here, you'll have private access to. This is a three car garage and it's so super cool because we have a seven layer epoxy floor system, which you won't find in many other houses. You know, while this looks like a garage and is being used as a garage, it can really be used as anything. We have incredible indoor outdoor spaces, the fire pits, water features. We've seen amazing attention to detail and the finest finishes around. All of this is on the market for just under $6 million. I wonder what this would get you in San Francisco, New York, or LA. Hi, my name is Markiplier and this is everything I do in a day. Oh no. <laughs> I live in Los Angeles, California. Every day is different for me because YouTube is different every day, but this is what I typically try to adhere to as far as the schedule goes. The first thing I do when I open my eyes, I just wish I was still sleeping. I, I don't love sleep, but I enjoy sleep. My alarm it gives my girlfriend PTSD. It's the same alarm, it's Constellation, it's one of the Apple defaults. It is just so damn annoying, but it gets me out of bed. I, I have my alarm set for 6.30 every morning. I can get out of bed as early as like 6.45. That's pretty much the earliest that I'm out and up. Cause I try to wake up while I'm still laying down, keep my eyes open and stuff like that. I snooze all the time. I snooze all the time. I can waste 30 minutes just snoozing away. I'll check Reddit when I wake up to try to get some news in me. But uh, for the most part, I got work to do. So I just kind of get up and at them. So first thing I do in the morning is workout. 30 minutes of workout. It's real intense. Get it out of the way. I work out in my home. I got Sean T on my side. I do Insanity Beachbody workouts. Every morning it's Sean T screaming at me to do some jump thing, some push up to keep digging deep, but I'm just so tired that I don't want to, but I've done it for so long now that like this is a routine. I shower after my workout. I don't know, what's an average shower? Five minutes? I don't know. However long it takes to get the sweat off. I gotta keep moving. 
So my dog Chica knows the routine. Uh, she comes out with me when I wake up. I let her out in the backyard and then she comes lays down, waits for me to do my weird jumping movements. She'll just look at me and be like, oh, it's just dad being stupid, jumping all over the place. And then I'll go get a shower and then she knows it's walk time. So I take her and then my girlfriend's dog Henry and I take him out for a walk. We try to do mornings and evening walks. If we can't get an evening walk, I'll just do mornings, but um, maybe like 15 minutes, just around the block a little bit. Dog breakfast. It's breakfast time for the pups. I get them their food. I give them their multivitamin. I, I put a little bit of salmon oil in there. I've started doing that because I've heard it's good for them. So just a, a little drizzle of salmon oil. They like it. It's like gravy. Um, then my breakfast, uh, I don't know, usually eggs or something like that. I like to take my time with breakfast because it allows me time to think about what I need to do. I, I've been trying to keep track of my meals. So this is a new thing. I try to keep track of everything I eat uh, just to be conscious of it. I'm not trying to lose an incredible amount of weight. I just like being on top of things. Around eight o'clock is when my video goes up. Uh, so, you know, I can check comments on that. I can make sure that it went up okay. If there was a problem, I can go address it real quick. Um, but usually I get those done the night before, or I've started to anyway. I didn't used to do that. I used to wake up even earlier, get the video up for that day, that morning. I don't do that anymore. Very unhealthy. Yeah. It's nine o'clock. That's when my team will start bothering me. I say team, I don't really work with them on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm talking about my manager, agent, assistant, all the lawyers, all those people. YouTube is like my territory. I work, my editor works just to make the videos that go on YouTube. That's basically just me. My team is working on the deals for bigger projects, helping me coordinate a heist with Markiplier stuff. Uh, any, anything bigger than just YouTube, that's what they're dealing with. My inboxes <laughs> and uh, text messages are reaching quadruple digits now. So, no, I, uh, I'm very bad about that. I'm not a completionist when it comes to those kinds of things. Uh, I am all over the place. I'll sometimes decide I'm gonna clear out my whole inbox and then never do it again for the life of me. My assistant will message me saying like, hey, you forgot XYZ. And of course I've forgotten XYZ because I wasn't thinking about XYZ. So I gotta get on top of that. That's usually my nine to 10 to 11, depending on if I have a meeting or a phone call that I need to do. Some days I'm live streaming with my friends. Some days I have recording sessions with my friends. Uh, if it's like Monday to Wednesday, usually that's recording time. 11 to about three or four o'clock is recording time. Like one video could take that entire block depending on what it is. Or if I'm being efficient about it and I'm recording just game stuff, you know, I can get like three, four, five videos done. So long as I can get one video up a day, I'm happy. So by the time this is out, my second channel will have launched. <laughs> so I've been recording like crazy for that. Seven videos for one channel, seven videos for the other. Miscellaneous extra videos that I need to do for promos, brand deals, stuff like that. Uh, 14 or more a week. I, uh, I don't have a planning process. It's, it's very much just on the fly. When I sit down, say 11 o'clock to record, I'll do research and I'll be like, what indie game has come out? What cool thing do people wanna see? What do my friends wanna play if we're doing a group recording? To be perfectly honest, I don't play games on my own anymore um, just because I don't have time and uh, gaming is like less of what I do. Less than half of the video content I record is about games. Maybe like a few hours a day. Yeah, something like that. I have an a7 III as my main camera, just because I think it looks really nice. It's a very easy camera to use. I like my lighting to be nice. I'm not an expert at lighting, but at least I would like to have some dynamic dynamicism to the lighting. My editor's in Portugal. His name's Lixian. Amazing. He might be one of the best editors on YouTube by far. He's an animator. 
by trade. And so when I asked him to edit, I thought that would be like a downgrade because he's an artist in his own right, but he, he was so excited to do it and he's taken it to this new level. I make all the thumbnails. I, I take that as a point of pride. Uh, sometimes I'm not able to put as much effort or pizzazz in them as I, as I want to, but that's my nightly ritual is getting the video for the next day, doing the thumbnail, making sure all the metadata is done perfectly. I don't want to change it because uh, as my girlfriend knows, I'm a fiddler. Like I love tweaking things. It's why I'm always pushing to do different things on YouTube is because I can't do the same thing for long. When a heist with Markiplier came out, you know, I was just inspired to do it because we've done one of those before, uh, an interactive story. And uh, this one was intense. I wanted to do it bigger than I've done before. And I wanted to really impress uh, that I was going to make one of the best YouTube originals possible. That was my goal, not out of egotistical-ness-ness, but you know, I, I just wanted to make it the best I could be and I knew I could make something good. Those days were rough. Um, 12 to 14 hour days, you know, five days a week, and then I would have to go home, record a video, edit it, and upload it for my channel, which could take like two hours to four hours. Um, so really intense days, but you know, I loved it. I, I like those days when I'm just totally exhausted at the end of it. I like focusing all my attention on making something. Uh, I don't know, I just find it very fulfilling. It's unhealthy. Don't lose sleep. I watched a very scary documentary and presentation about losing sleep. It's deadly. Get your sleep. Very important. I procrastinate just the same as everybody else does. Um, like, I'm not immune to it. But I know that because I have such limited time, I can only do so much. I'll stop for like a meal break. I'll come downstairs just to grab a snack or something like that. I'll take 30 minutes here or there. But if it's like crunch time, then I have to but I think everyone's the same way. I try not to go past five, but you can only keep up doing videos for so long. You can only like maintain that level of energy when the camera's on uh, for so long. Once, once five o'clock, I'm thinking about dinner. I like to cook. I just don't have the time for it. Uh, if, I, if I plan ahead, I can whip up a recipe, but a lot of my stuff is just like stick it in the oven for two hours and I don't have two hours to wait, so. If I go out, I know that it's gonna take too long, so I always try to get things ordered or I just whip up a quick meal. And, and when I say quick meal, I mean quick and dirty, like canned dinty more stew levels of meal. I love that kind of stuff. It's the stuff I grew up with. Um, but if I'm trying to eat a little better, I like order from say uh, Panini Kebab and Grill, like just get a nice kebab, salmon, green peppers, onions, some rice, nice salad. Uh, but that's a recent development. I, normally it's always crap. I'll tear through a block of cheese. It's perfect because I can bring it up to my desk. I can just chop it up and eat as I'm working. Like, it's disgusting. Let's say after dinner, it's about seven o'clock. If we're doing the evening walk, it would be then. And then it's following up with emails that I forgot. This is really hit or miss of whether I'm gonna respond or not. It just depends on if it's a project I'm really passionate about, if it's something that I know can wait. Even if they say it can't wait, I usually push it off for a little longer. This is where I would, you know, watch some TV with Amy, or not TV, but Netflix. Watch some YouTube videos, maybe like spend an hour or two doing that. Like 8.30ish, I try to go for a run. I've been running up to an hour. I hate running. I hated running, um, but then a little shout out to Nike Run Club. They made me at least be able to tolerate it. I don't run with Nike Run Club anymore. I run with uh, Zombies Run. So it's like this story where it's like randomly zombies can start chasing you when you're out on a run and it's dark and I only play spooky music. And so it's like really scary. So I'm just out in the middle of my neighborhood and it'll be like ding ding 
warning, zombies detected. I'm like, oh, shit, I gotta go. So around then, I'll go back upstairs. I'll check what video uh, my editor has gotten me. Usually he has things before time and I'll know what I'm gonna upload. Sometimes I'm like, ooh, I hope there's a video up there or else I'm gonna have to edit it. So I'll upload it, I'll make a thumbnail. That'll take anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour, depending on how finicky I wanna be with it. And then usually about 10.30, I'm coming down ready to go to bed. Um, do you wear pajamas to bed? Nope. Undies. I don't know, why would you wear pajamas to bed? If, unless it's like super cold that night, but I, I, it feels uncomfortable. I don't like things wrinkling all over me, so I don't need that. I'm assuming I toss and turn. I mean, usually I'm on my back or on my side. I think anyone would toss and turn if they're thinking about something or they're stressed about something, but usually I'm pretty good about sleep. My girlfriend is actually pretty amazed because I have, I have the ability to sleep right away. Um, it's not a natural talent, it is a learned skill. You try to do nothing. It's a very backwards concept. And then you focus on that and then eventually you'll drift off. If I don't get a full seven, my workouts suffer, my videos suffer, everything suffers. So I gotta get that sleep. And then I get up and do it all over again the next day. And I don't take weekends, which I should. I'm Markiplier and that is everything that I do in a day. Niggas in the club tonight. Fuck them. But it's gonna be alright. Cause me and my clique, we don't give a fuck. We don't give a fuck.
Hey, what's going on everyone? Greg here, and it's been a busy couple of past months covering all the latest Apple products, but I really haven't had a chance to update you on the latest rumors surrounding Apple's next iPhone, the iPhone 12. And actually, even sitting here in December in 2019, there are a lot of rumors about the 2020 iPhone, so let's go ahead and parse through all of them and see what we can expect from Apple's next iPhone lineup. So this year we got the iPhone 11 and the iPhone 11 Pro, and of course the bigger size, the iPhone 11 Pro Max. Now for 2020, it looks like Apple is actually going to be introducing five separate iPhone models. Now these aren't all going to happen at once. In the beginning of the year, we are expecting an update to the iPhone SE. Maybe Apple might actually call this the iPhone 9. They kind of skipped over 8 and just went right to 10. And this iPhone SE 2 update is basically going to be a rebranded iPhone 8 with updated internals. So the same body as the iPhone 8 with a 4.7 inch LCD display, but also updates to the internals, like a brand new A13 processor, a brand new single lens camera system on the back that will probably be the same quality as the latest iPhone 11, and also other small tweaks like going from two gigabytes of RAM on the iPhone 8 to three gigabytes of RAM on this brand new iPhone SE. Apple is rumored to be introducing this lower end budget phone at around $400, and that is going to be an interesting phone to look at to see if people really like that smaller four inch form factor on the iPhone SE, or if they just like that cheaper price of $400. Also, obviously, because it's keeping the older body style of the iPhone 8, it's not going to have other technologies like Face ID, so it's still going to have a fingerprint scanner. So that's going to be interesting to see how the market reacts to that, and if that will prove to be a popular phone, which I think it will be, just because it is a updated iPhone with new internals, and it's coming in at a $400 price point. That's going to make a lot of people happy. But that's not really the exciting update. The exciting update to the iPhone line is of course the iPhone 12, and we are expecting four different models of the iPhone 12 now. So we're going to have the regular iPhone 12, which is going to replace the regular iPhone 11, and that's going to come in two sizes now as opposed to one size. So it's still going to have the same 6.1 inch size, but it's also going to introduce a much smaller size with a 5.4 inch display size. And I'm really excited for that 5.4 inch iPhone because this might be the smallest new iPhone that we have received in quite a long time. And I think it's going to be even smaller than the 4.7 inch iPhone 6, 7, and 8. And that's because of the screen to body ratio. This iPhone 12, even though it has a bigger 5.4 inch display, because it's using that iPhone 10 style of design, it's going to have a better screen to body ratio, meaning that the body size, even though the display is bigger, should be smaller than the iPhone 8. Now, of course, it doesn't stop there because this year, Apple introduced the Pro naming scheme in iPhones, and it looks like that's going to carry forward to the iPhone 12 Pro. Now, the iPhone 12 Pro is also going to come in two sizes, just like this year, however, with a little bit of an update. So, no more 5.8 inch iPhone. That's going to move to a 6.1 inch display size, the same as the iPhone XR and iPhone 11. 
the bigger iPhone 12 Max, I guess you would call it, is going to move to a bigger 6.7 inch display and the old iPhone 11 Pro Max comes in at a 6.5 inch display. So we're getting slightly bigger displays on all of the 2020 Pro models. Another interesting point is that every iPhone 12 is going to have an OLED display. So Apple is getting rid of the LCD on the regular iPhone 12s. That's no longer going to be an exclusive feature for the Pro models. However, based on some initial reporting, we are hearing that the iPhone 12 Pro will have a better OLED display than the regular iPhone 12. At this point, we don't know the exact information on how the Pro models OLED displays will be better than the regular version, but there are some early reports kind of detailing what we might expect from this. One of those reports is that the Pro models will be using a new type of OLED display from Samsung called Y-Octa. This Y-Octa display would allow the touchscreen circuitry to be directly on the OLED panel without the need for a separate layer. This would result in a thinner display, which could also translate to a thinner design. These OLED panels might also adopt the LTPO technology of the Apple Watch Series 5, which would allow it to use 15% less power, and feature an always-on display by lowering the refresh rate to just one hertz. I think another big possibility for the Pro model display would be the introduction of ProMotion technology, which has been on the iPad Pro for a few years now, and that would allow the panel to refresh at 120 hertz. And a better display just could mean a lot of other things. So maybe the Pro models will get brighter, maybe they'll have a better contrast ratio than the regular 12 models. Now, besides the better displays, we are also expecting a major redesign this year with the iPhone 12, which is partly why they're naming it the iPhone 12 and not the iPhone 11S. The overall redesign will resemble an iPhone 4 with squared edge stainless steel frames, while retaining the front and back glass of the iPhone 11. And while this would look similar to the iPhone 4's design language, we can also see this recent design language with the iPad Pro's more squared off design. Many people regard the iPhone 4 as Apple's best designed iPhone, so it would be really interesting to see them return to that more flatter squared off design, and that would be a big differentiator from the other plethora of modern smartphone designs. The biggest open question right now with the iPhone 12's design is how the front will be designed. There are currently two schools of thought. The conservative design is that it will have a slightly slimmer bezel and a smaller notch. And that would partly be because Apple will be able to have a smaller front camera lens. The more extreme design is that the iPhone 12 will have no notch at all, with either Apple cramming the smaller sensors into the camera's tiny top bezel, or with other reports stating that Apple might now finally have the technology to embed the Face ID sensor directly under the OLED display. I'm not sure which design would ultimately win out, but I am definitely more interested in that second design where there is no notch at all. I think that would be a really cool design for Apple to bring out in 2020. There's also another rumor that Apple might be reintroducing Touch ID to the 2020 iPhones. Now, this one's a little strange to me because I think Apple is pretty much all in on Face ID. I personally think that the Face ID technology is superior, but I could see them re-implementing Touch ID under the display as a second option. 
For example, right now, if you turned off your iPhone and then you went to go enter your password for your iPhone, Face ID currently would get disabled. You would have to either re-enter your passcode or your password. If Apple could implement two biometric sensors into the iPhone, maybe something like that would go away. So say if you reset your iPhone, it would require you to do a Face ID scan and also a fingerprint scan. And by having both biometric security sensors in place, that would just overall create a more secure phone that's harder to get into. So that is really the only way I see Apple implementing Touch ID is if it's a secondary option to make your phone more secure. Now moving on to the back of the phone, obviously a big feature for the iPhone 11 and iPhone 11 Pro were the new camera systems, which were pretty critically acclaimed as being some of the best smartphone cameras available. With the iPhone 12, it looks like Apple is going to keep the same number of lenses on the normal 12 and the 12 Pro models. So on the 12, you would get a normal camera and then an ultra wide angle camera. On the 11 Pro, you'd get your normal wide angle camera, an ultra wide angle camera, and the addition of a telephoto camera. The biggest hardware change to the 12 Pro at this time seems to be the addition of a time of flight sensor. And this time of flight sensor is said to be able to scan areas up to 15 feet away from the device. The time of flight sensor emits a light signal which then bounces off a subject and then returns to the phone and then it measures the time that it took for that signal to return to the phone. And that would create a more accurate depth map, which would be used to expand AR capabilities. We know that Apple is focused on introducing an augmented reality headset sometime in the near future. So this time of flight sensor could be pretty pivotal to the iPhone 12 Pro and maybe even used for content creation for AR applications. Another big hardware change for the iPhone 12 and iPhone 12 Pro will be the introduction of 5G cellular modems. With Qualcomm even saying they are working with Apple as fast as it can to help bring a 5G iPhone to market. Now 5G would obviously be a radical change to the cellular speeds on modern iPhones. And we can probably see that Qualcomm is really excited to bring 5G to iPhones because iPhones are the best selling smartphones. So by Apple bringing 5G to their iPhones, that's probably going to be a big revenue boost for Qualcomm. And it's probably going to drive adoption rates way up for the 5G networks, which currently are pretty limited, especially in the United States. And Apple seems to think this as well. They are expecting to sell around 100 million 5G enabled iPhone 12s. Another internal change we can expect for the iPhone 12 is of course the A14 processor. This A14 processor will be built on a five nanometer design, which will be smaller, faster, and more battery efficient. And also has a focus on improved thermal management. Apple will keep the iPhone 12 at four gigabytes of RAM while upping the iPhone 12 Pro to six gigabytes of RAM. Obviously the A13 is the leading smartphone chip in terms of raw performance, and it looks like the A14 is going to be no exception. So it looks like we're going to get a pretty powerful iPhone 12. Now the last thing I'll say about the iPhone 12 is that there's currently rumors even beyond it going to 2021 for the iPhone 12S or iPhone 13, whatever they decide to call it. And that phone will apparently feature no lightning port or USB-C port. 
I only bring that up in context to the iPhone 12 because many people are expecting Apple to finally move away from the lightning port and move to USB-C this year. Now, I haven't heard any rumors on if Apple will actually implement USB-C on the iPhone 12s, but if this 2021 rumor turns out to be true, it looks like Apple would probably keep the lightning port on the iPhone 12 and then ditch it all together in 2021. So that could potentially be really bad news if you were expecting a USB-C port on the iPhone 12. All right, everyone, and those are the current rumors surrounding the 2020 iPhone lineup. Personally, I am very excited for the iPhone 12, especially that smaller 5.4 inch iPhone. I think iPhones have gotten really, really big over the past couple years. I am currently using the 11 Pro Max and I love this phone, but again, it is a very big phone. So I would really love to see an option for a smaller size iPhone, especially for people who want it. So let me know what you think of the iPhone 12 in the comments below. If you want to help the channel out in any way, make sure you check out some of the links in the description. And as always, thank you so much for watching and I will see you all in the next video. Take care, everyone. Hey folks, Kennedy Lucas here, the host of Swanky 93.3 radio station. Now, before we continue on with our program, again, we have some sponsorships for you. Today's sponsorships is brought to you in part by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure.
it's Justine and today we're going to be doing an iPhone accessory video. I've been wanting to do this video for a while so when I decided to finally shoot this I went through and thought of all the things that I've been using most frequently with my iPhone. Some of the things are pretty common like obviously an iPhone charging case but some are not so common like another massive satellite phone. I've been such a huge fan of Mophie for so long and a huge thank you to them for sponsoring this video. Check out the link in the description or check out mophie.com. First up I want to talk about Mophie's iPhone charging case. This is their new one, the Juice Pack Access. What I love so much about this case is you can charge it wirelessly or you can also charge it with a USB cable and this will pass through and also charge your iPhone. And you still have access to the lightning port which means you can be charging and still use other accessories at the same time. It's also a pretty slim case as you can see. I'm such a huge fan of wireless charging. I also hate carrying multiple cables. So to be able to charge my phone, not only wirelessly, but also by using USB-C is such great news. There's also a power button on the back so you can turn the case on or off and you can also see what your charge is at. And I also have something else to go along with this. This has been one of my favorite charging stands. This thing has been around the country with me. I haven't been traveling international much lately, but this is what I now travel with, so I don't have to ever bring any cords or cables. This is also by Mophie. This charges not only your Apple Watch, but it'll charge your AirPods and your phone at the same time, or anything else that's Qi wireless compatible. You can also charge it here. You might notice that this is the size of another accessory that we're gonna be talking about here shortly. I cannot stress enough how amazing this is. So these are my old AirPods case that actually happen to be encased in a little Nomad leather skin. This thing is amazing. So I can charge my AirPods, my Apple Watch, and my phone, and my charging case all in one. Like this thing has been so great. It'll also charge the new AirPods. While it doesn't have as snug of a fit as the old ones, it still charges it. While we're talking about Mophie products, okay, so I've kind of sort of destroyed this one because it has been traveling with me everywhere as well. In my gear bag, this is a little AC adapter, but what's great about this is it gives you two USB ports and also a USB-C port. And this itself is a charger. It also charges wirelessly, so you can set your phone directly on top of it and like my phone's charging right now. I like this a lot too because this does give me three other USB ports. So when I am traveling, this also acts as a little USB hub. So this I don't leave home without. I was mentioning this case. So it's like a little leather case that goes over top of your AirPods. This is made by Nomad and it's really cool. It also comes in a brown leather as well, but I like how well it matches all of my accessories. I'm gonna put my watch back on now because I'm missing out on all this activity. All this moving around. Come on, I should, I should start a workout. Obviously, another accessory are the new AirPods Pro. I've been using these a lot. I still travel with both my old AirPods and my new AirPods, just mostly because I'm afraid that I'm gonna lose one of them and I need to have a backup because I'm always editing, so if I don't have some sort of headphones, I'm gonna be in trouble. Next up, this is a weird accessory, but I felt bad that my phone would always see me on my MacBook, so I didn't want it to feel bad anymore, so I got it its own MacBook. And I think that it likes it. Siri, do you like the MacBook that I got you? You know what they say, baby got Mac. I think that's how it goes. <laughs> anyway, this is just a little silly mirror that I found. I don't actually use this on a daily basis, Oh gosh, maybe I should. I thought it was cute, I just found it in my drawer. Next up, 
I showed you guys this in the beginning, but this is a Garmin satellite phone. And you might be wondering how this is an accessory to my iPhone. But when I am hiking or out in places without reception, this connects to satellites in the sky. Thank you, Garmin. And there's also an app on my phone. So I can use the satellite phone to text and communicate with people, even if I don't have cell reception. This also has an SOS button. So this can alert authorities or rescue people, hopefully nearby to come save me somewhere. And it'll also text message a bunch of my emergency contacts in here. So I don't really ever leave home without this. I actually almost did have to use this when my friends and I were in Montana. This woman fell like off this cliff and there was no cell reception. Well, she didn't fall off a cliff. It wasn't like that far, but it, it was still like a little ledge and she was bleeding and she did not seem well. So Tyler's back there. He was there to, to witness all of that. It was really scary and, and I had my phone. I was ready. Thankfully, she was okay and they had some people there on hand that worked in the park and they were able to bus her and get her the help that she needed. I definitely recommend if you're an avid hiker or somebody who does do a lot of outdoor activities where there is no cell reception, I love it. Next up, this is, I can't even call it an iPhone accessory, but it's sort of as an accessory. It's basically its own standalone camera, but it works really well with your iPhone. So this is a little tiny Steadicam. You guys have seen me review the Osmo Mobile before. I've also done videos on this little guy. They also have an entire line of drones, which you guys have also seen me review. But this little thing is so great because it's so small. You can get some shots that you never could get before because you just plug it right in and you can see everything that you're filming right on the front of your iPhone. You can also edit videos in the app. You can shoot really cool time lapses. It's just really awesome if you do travel a lot. It's probably one of my favorite iPhone accessories. That's not actually an iPhone accessory. You know what I mean. Look how steady, wow. If there was an earthquake right now, we'd be ready. Actually, I wouldn't be ready because I think a lot of my emergency supplies have expired. Next up, a mobile tripod from Joby. Now this isn't the version that I wanted to show you because I lost the version that I wanted to show you, but I will show you what I wanted to show you that I can't show you because I don't have it anymore. This is a little tripod mount and this can open to various sizes depending upon your phone size. The one that I lost had extra places that you could mount these extra arms onto and it was awesome because you could put a light, you could put a microphone or I don't even know, like another phone on top of it. But I lost it and I don't know where it is and I think about it a lot. You wanna hear another funny story? anybody that cares to listen. So <laughs> I have a problem. When I buy things online, I don't ever look at the actual measurements. I just look at the picture and then I, in some crazy I just see in fashion, I formulate in my mind the size that I think that is and I think that's what's going to show up. So I once ordered basically a tripod this size. But this is <laughs> When I opened up that Amazon box, I about lost my mind because I was like, what am I ever supposed to do with this? But it's so cute that I just can't bring myself to ever, I don't know, I, I just couldn't return it. Cause it, it just, it's like a baby. This is a little iPhone microphone. So I used to vlog a lot more than I do now. So being able to have better audio on your iPhone is really great. So you can just plug this in just like so. And guess what? It works. <laughs> so if I'm vlogging this way, I wish that it would be able to swing all the way around, but it doesn't. That's, they really missed the boat on that one. But you can also just unplug it and then 
vlog that way. There's also a little light right there so you can see if it's working. This is a video test of not having a microphone on it. Wow, this Mac looks so good back there in this front facing camera. Here's a test using the microphone. And do I need to reiterate how great this new Mac Pro looks back there? Oh my goodness, and these lights too, oh man. So this is a great little microphone, especially if you're in windy situations, this little added wind ball, <laughs> it's a real savior. All right, I think we have a few more things. This is a stand. This is not a thousand dollar stand by any means, <laughs> much like our Mac Pro Display XDRs, but really there's nothing that special about the stand, but I do love always having a little stand to put either my phone or my iPad on. I feel like this stand particularly is way better for an iPad because it's really big, but you can put your phone in. I also used to use this to house a picture of my dog that I printed out. So really it's multiple uses. Why I'm mentioning this stand, I'm not sure. It was an accessory that I used quite often. So I just wanted to tell you guys about it. Last but not least, this is a little light from Aperture that I've been using for the past few years. This is so small, so tiny, and it's powered by USB, which is great because if you're traveling, the last thing that you wanna do is be lugging around external batteries because then you have to charge the batteries. So anything that can be charged through USB, I'm a fan of. And this thing is extremely bright. It's got some buttons here on the side so you can change the brightness. Is it changing? One of the videos that I remember us using this, we were at E3, do you remember we were on Luigi's Mansion? Yeah, so we used this, it was pretty dark in there. So this actually did a really great job. There's a new version of this that does RGB colors that Tyler has, and he was showing me how cool it is because it connects to an iPhone app, so you can do all sorts of fun little things. Which model is this one? The M Aperture MC. MC. Oh man, it's got like a cool little like plastic softbox. So there it is. It's got a little on button here. It also has a little display that will show you the different color temperatures. It also has like an effects mode. Here's the effects. This is the fire effect. Wow. Oh, cop car. Oh, wow, I'm shook. This is the party mode. There's some lightning, oh, wow. This is cool because you can, again, hook this up to your iPhone so you can have access to all of these. You can set different modes and if you have multiples of these, you can sync them all together and have a real freaking party. I gotta get this, but it's back ordered right now. It's also nice because this charges with USB-C. Thank you. But again, this is, I think, they're going for like less than $50 right now. And this one's like 100. Look at this braided USB-C cable. <gasps> Beauty. So the one that I ordered, that I thought was this one, is actually an upgraded version of this one. It's just a bicolor. I was looking for something that was a little bit bigger than this one so that I'd be able to have a little more light when I'm traveling, and I also wanted it to be a USB charge. So I guess I'll open this. This is like a little surprise to me. Okay, do you know where one is? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> the smallest possible knife. Man, Aperture's pretty great. We also got this other light that we're using right now. Not an iPhone accessory, but I'm into it. Oh, look at this, I love their case. Look at this, this is so thin. And it's got the little clip. I love how flat and thin this case is. Yeah, put all my things in there. 
We've got some little 3M stickies. It looks like we have a little diffusion paper there. Wait a minute. I thought it was gonna be bigger. This has so many more LED lights on it. It also kind of has like this little heat sink here on the back. Wow. Wow. Well, this is good because now I can travel with both of them in the same case. I like that it changes color, temperature, colder, warmer. Oh, there's a little booster too. That will probably definitely kill through the battery. But if you need a little extra light. Wow. Also a USB-C port here to charge. And I'm so excited that this is USB-C because most of the Mophie charging bricks are all now USB-C. So if I need some extra battery, I can just plug that directly into one of these Mophies. When I'm traveling, this is such a savior. All right, so I fit both of my lights in here. This is such a great travel option, whether you're using your phone, whether you're vlogging on bigger cameras like this, both of these lighting options are amazing. I think that's all of the stuff that I wanted to show you guys today. Well, that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed some of these accessories that I've been using for my iPhone. I'd love to hear from you guys. What have you been using? And if there's anything you'd like or you think that I should try out, leave those in the comments below and also feel free to send me a tweet. Again, thank you to Mophie for sponsoring this video. You guys are the best. And if you guys wanna check out anything Mophie related, check out the link in the description. And with that, I will see you guys later. Bye. Hey folks, Kennedy Lucas here, the host of Swanky 93.3 Radio Station. Now, before we continue on with our program, again, we have some sponsorships for you. Today's sponsorships is brought to you in part by Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. Hey folks, Kennedy Lucas back again. We hope you enjoyed the program here at Swanky 93.3, the radio station. Now, please be sure to check out all the other content on our Spotify account and anchor at Swanky 93.3. Thank you.